0: Welcome to Growing Intuitive Eaters. My name is Dr. Taylor Arnold. I'm a pediatric registered dietitian, nutrition PhD, and mom to two. And I'm on a mission to share free and accurate content with parents so you can help your kids eat more veggies, not obsess over sweets, and have a healthy relationship with food, even if this is a work in progress for you. On this podcast, we'll chat practical tips for feeding kids, parenting, and the science behind it all. the Growing Intuitive Eaters podcast. Today I have Stephanie Edwards Compton with me and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Um, She is a super awesome researcher in nutritional biochemistry and she is soon to be Dr. Stephanie Edwards Compton. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what we're going to be chatting about today?
1: Sure. So like uh, Taylor said, hello, I'm Stephanie. Um, I am a current PhD candidate at Virginia Tech. So I actually study um, metabolism in technically in an ovarian cancer. Um, but I'm definitely a metabolism nerd and I love everything metabolism and so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to actually talk about metabolism in kids. Um, Some more background about me though is that I'm also a dietetic intern so when I graduate I will be Stephanie Edwards Compton PhD RD hopefully Um, and I did a rotation with Taylor this past um, spring semester which is really awesome. I got to learn a whole bunch about kids and growing intuitive eaters And all of the kind of background around that. So that was really awesome. and It was really cool to be able to kind of meld that new information with my metabolism knowledge. And that's kind of how this podcast was born. So I'm really excited to be here. Thanks for having me, Taylor.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining. So we had a couple of viewer questions that were submitted about metabolism in kids, but I think we should kind of start at the beginning. Um, So can you just start with what is metabolism? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yes, this is the age-old question. What is metabolism? Um, So very broadly, if you just want to kind of like put under the entire compass of what metabolism is, it is pretty much the combination of all the chemical reactions that your cells are doing. And obviously, because we are bodies, we are made up of trillions and trillions of cells, so our like, whole body metabolism is the combination of all of those cells like working together, making energy, building things, breaking them down. And so all of that combines into what our metabolism is. Um, the thing that I always kind of want to mention when I talk about metabolism, because I feel like a lot of people tend to view metabolism as this little like furnace in our bodies mm-hmm. that we have to like keep feeding and we have to like put energy in and like it like fuels the fire or whatever. Um but metabolism is like it's about making energy, absolutely. Like that's like one of the big main focuses of metabolism. But it's also about building things up too. So we we use metabolism in a way that like we take the food that we eat and it breaks it down and we use it for energy or we store that energy for later or we use those little bits of those food to actually like build things so like our muscles all of our organs like anything that we're having to build in our bodies we're using metabolism to do that so I know a lot of people tend to think of it as like well, like, how can I, like, you know, burn more energy or, like, use more energy throughout the day, but metabolism, especially in kids, is also about building, so it's, it's kind of all of those things combined together, and that's kind of how I study it, um, as, like, a metabolism scientist, is how, how we're using that to make energy, and, you know, like, make things and fuel and grow and survive.
0: Okay, so can you tie the word calorie into all of that for us, too? Yeah, yeah, so calorie is,
1: like, so we, we're more familiar with it with calories as in, like, the things that we're eating right like all the things that we eat have calories in them that's because of the macronutrients that they contain so the carbs that are in it the fat that's in it the protein that's in it and it's kind of like a a synonymous with like the energy that we can create with it so um, for example like carbohydrates have four calories per gram fat has nine calories per gram protein has four calories per gram and how we're like breaking that down kind of translates into the energy that we're making and how we break it down also kind of translates into that too so it's basically like we're taking the food that we're eating and how that's like being transformed into the energy that our cells and our body uses.
0: Okay. So I know on like social media, we see there's all this talk about metabolism. I feel like it's a buzzword in the influencer yes. space. I don't know if you feel like that too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Especially when it comes to like exercise, right? We know exercise affects our metabolism, but for a kid, what else goes into play when we're talking about our kids' metabolism? Like, obviously they're playing, they're moving, that affects it, but is there anything else? Yeah, so our, our metabolism is like are kind
1: of across all of the ages that we are is, is made up of a lot of things. So you have what, you're, what is called your basal metabolism or your basal metabolic rate. That's just the energy that your body needs to survive. So if you were to lay in bed and do nothing all day but breathe, your body would need energy to do that. So just to keep yourself functioning, that's your basal metabolic rate. So we all have that. Um, it's a little bit, you know, it's that that in and of itself, like basal metabolic rate, can be affected by a lot of things. So like it can be affected by our genetics, our biological sex, our age, um, our health status, and a whole bunch of other things. Kind of go into how much energy our bodies use just living life, right? Like just just to be alive. Um, but on top of that amount of energy of like just what it, we need to be alive. We also need energy to eat and like break down our food, which is called the thermic effect of food. And we also need energy to do the, any kind of movement that we do during the day that's not exercise. So if we like get up and walk to the fridge or we like put our kids in the car or we're like walking around our office or something like that, like that takes energy too. So even if oh, it's not like exercise, quote unquote, it's still activity that we're doing. And so we need energy to be able to do that. And then obviously exercise too, but that's a little bit different with kids, especially kids of different ages, because, you know, like you have an infant who's obviously not running around versus like a toddler or like a younger um, child who maybe is running around and like doing a little bit of exercise in and of itself. Um, so with kids' metabolism, like you're, you're still going to have those like really basic things, like your basal metabolic rate. Your thermic effect of food, um, all of the other activity that they're doing on top of like the exercise, too. So, um, on top of all of that, that's kind of like what, what our metabolism is like made up of and what affects how much energy that we use per day. But you also have like that's affected by things like body composition. Um, so, if you have more like fat free mass, which is like more muscles versus more fat mass, like that can affect it. Um, and then also with kids, what's really interesting is the president's presence of brown fat. Um, so brown fat versus white fat or white adipose tissue is a little bit different because it's like more, I guess, metabolically active. Like it burns more calories basically. Um, is it actually brown? I think, yeah, I think it is. Like, okay. like a reason. <laughs> like I I wanna say that the person that discovered it was like, they were like, it's not like fat, but it's not like tissue. Like it's something else because it's like actually brown, like the cells themselves look a little bit different. Um, But the really, like the really interesting thing about brown fat, we actually have more of it when we're like babies and kids than we do as adults. Like we still have some as adults, Um, but it can help regulate our body temperature. And it's also, it burns more calories because it's like basically, I don't want to say wasteful, <laughs> but but kind of wasteful in like, like the, the mitochondria. So you may have heard of mitochondria, the powerhouse of the cell, right? Like that's a, that's our little energy producing organelles that are in our cells. Um, in brown fat, they're kind of like not as efficient as they would be in other tissues. And so they like waste more energy. Like they don't use as much of the stuff that they're using to like make energy. They kind of just Just kind of escapes, I guess, (laughs) um, is a a way to put it. It's called um, like uncoupling is like the technical scientific term for that. Um, But basically it burns more calories and it makes more heat than regular adipose tissue does. So that's one thing that's interesting about metabolism in kids is that brown fat can affect a little bit more about their metabolism as well.
0: Oh, that's really interesting. Okay. So babies and kids have more brown fat than adults and brown fat is wasteful, which causes them to waste more energy in the form of heat.
1: Yeah. But I I say wasteful in that like, the the mitochondria themselves are wasteful but it's still useful like there's a reason we have brown fat right um and most of that has to do with body temperature like making sure that we're regulating especially as babies like we want to make sure we're regulating our body temperature as Mm. much we don't need it as much as adults um so we don't have as much brown fat as adults but yeah
0: that's basically it. That's really interesting. Okay. So you mentioned when we are talking about like the components that go into metabolism, you're like running around, you're walking to the fridge, or even if you're just sitting on the couch all day, it affects how your energy expenditure. So for kids, you know, we have one day where they're like a crazy, like running around and bouncing off the walls. And then another day where they're like chilling and watching TV for a lot of the day, maybe. Um, so does that affect like how many calories they need or even how much they would eat? Yeah, definitely. I I would say that there's a a definite, like I guess, feedback
1: between what we're kind of doing during the day versus like how many calories that we need per day. Um, But I wouldn't say necessarily that it's like enough of a difference probably to be like, okay, well, like I need to like make sure I'm feeding my kid like X amount of calories more on this day versus this day. I think that it, it kind of evens out like <laughs> our activity usually goes throughout the day. Cause even if you think of like adults, like we're not doing the same things every day either. But we still have a pretty good like baseline amount of like energy that we need per day, regardless of what we're doing. Right. Um, but, but yeah with kids if they're if they're running around one day, they maybe will end up more hungry or maybe they'll they'll need a little bit more energy throughout the day versus like if you're if you're just like kind of chilling. Doing That's why that. it's so
0: important to be listening to our kids' hunger cues. Mm-hmm. And like so I talk a lot about, you know, using a schedule and, and being very predictable with when you're serving mealtimes and snacks. But some days if your kids are are expending a lot of energy, we still need to be responsive to those needs. And that doesn't mean when I say set a schedule, we should never deviate from the plan. We still need to like act in a responsive manner to when we are feeding our kids, and that means that when we set a schedule, it should be flexible because our Mm -hmm. kids' needs do change depending on what they're doing, or maybe they're in a growth spurt, or maybe they're recovering from an illness, and all of those things are going to affect their energy needs. Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about growth, right? Mm -hmm. Because we know all of those things affect kids' energy metabolism, but also growth affects metabolism a lot. So can you tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. So again, this
1: is kind of like a, a two-way relationship, right? So like your your metabolism is going to affect your growth. Your growth's gonna affect your metabolism. It's kind of like synonymous with both of them. Um so our our basal metabolism, like just the amount that we need per day, is gonna change and like fluctuate as we grow. Um, because that's like mostly because of like body composition, but also our growth rates in general. So there is like a relationship between our growth rates and our metabolism. Um with kids you have like a a definite like change that's been kind of like experimentally looked at over the course of like how old you are so if you are like you know infant your metabolism is actually going to peak at age one um mainly because you are doing massive amounts of growth during that time like the the time between birth and age one is a huge section of growth we need a ton of energy during that time and so you're it, it, technically like, it's not going to be higher than adults, right? Like it's per, per like the weight of the individual <laughs> and like their size at that time. But for the size that uh, babies are, their metabolism is going to be very large when they're pre one-year-old, Um, just because they are going through like a big area of growth then.
0: And I know they- a lot of parents like notice that their babies, uh, like their one-year-old babies end up eating more than maybe like their three-year-old and that's because that growth rate is so incredibly high at that point so sorry to interrupt i had to throw that in there (laughs) no that's exactly it too is like you and you probably are seeing
1: that kind of reflected in how much they're eating too like because you're gonna have to have a lot more food to supply all of the things that you're not just like not just the energy you're using during that time but also like all of the stuff you're building because again metabolism is all about building too Um, and I, have read some studies too, that have seen, um, small increases in basal metabolic rate during periods where we're doing a lot of growth. So while we might like peak at one year old, it might go down a little bit. And then when we hit like four to six, it goes up a little bit more and then it goes down a little bit. And then we get like 12 and 16. And we're going kind of like through that prepubescent, pubescent period, then it increases again. And then we kind of hit our like more adult, like basal metabolic rates. So when we're going through these periods of growth, We're seeing like a little bit of an increase in basal metabolism so that we can compensate and get enough energy and use enough energy for that growth period. Because again, we're doing, we need energy to grow also, but we also need all of the other like things that metabolism does for growth, like making all those building blocks and and storing energy and all of that good stuff.
0: that's so interesting because i think when a lot of people think about growth we think about it as this like linear trend that's like perfectly straight but really in reality like everything in health and science it's kind of this like messy trend that isn't perfectly defined by a straight line
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and i mean even like our like how much energy like you talked about earlier like how one day kids might be like you're bouncing off the walls, kind of like running around doing everything. And then one day they may not be as energetic. And it's kind of like the same thing with growth. Like maybe one, like a few periods of time where you're growing a lot, maybe it like decreases down, increases up, that kind of thing. Cause yeah, it's not linear. Um, we're going through this. Um, I believe the word is like, like pulsatile, I think is the word for it, where it's like, that's what we call those growth spurts, basically, where you're going through periods of like more growth versus less growth.
0: Okay. And when we're growing and we're building, that's called anabolism. And when you're breaking down, Mm -hmm. it's called catabolism. So can you explain those terms a little more for us?
1: Yeah, yeah. So like I said earlier, metabolism is both about breaking down, but also about building up. Um, So yeah, like you said, so an anabolism or like an anabolic process is when we're using metabolism to build things. Um, So if we're building like, if we're trying to store energy for later, or we're trying to get um, like, the food that we eat, when it's broken down, we can use the pieces that it's broken down in to build other things, and like our cells or in our tissues. Um, and so that and that and that anabolic process is like that building up of stuff. Um, versus like you said, catabolism is breaking down. So with that, we're, we're taking all those molecules that we're getting from our food, we're breaking them down, and then we're using them to make energy, which that energy then can be used to like build other things. Because we need both, we need the building blocks and we need the energy to put the building blocks together. Um, so you need both processes. And it's not like we're like, there's times of which we're doing like one or the other. Like there, there are times in which maybe like we're spending a little bit more time doing anabolism and building versus like breaking down, but we're doing them both pretty like simultaneously. Like were, we're not ever we're not just focused on one versus the other. Um, so like that's why it's so important. We want to make sure that we're getting enough energy, like we're eating enough food to make enough energy in building blocks. So we have the things we need to use for the building blocks and the things that we need to make the energy that we need for the building blocks and just to survive.
0: Yeah. And that's why, I mean, like what you said, so why you see pediatric dietitians and pediatricians emphasizing the importance of adequate calories and adequate protein for kids, because we want to support that and those anabolic processes as Mm -hmm. they're growing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I love this stuff. It's so interesting. (laughs) Okay. So now back to kind of what we hear on social media. Mm -hmm. So I, I see people say like, a slow metabolism or a damaged metabolism. And then I see parents worried about how what they're doing and what they're feeding their kids is affecting their, you know, nutrition. Is that something that the way a parent feeds their child can affect? Is that even a thing like a slower damaged metabolism? Can you just elaborate on all these things that we see on the internet? (laughs) Yes, of course. So I always say it all the time. Listen, I,
1: I know because, yes, you're right. Absolutely. Like slow and damaged metabolism is such like a, a buzzword right now. Mm-hmm. People are like very worried. It kind, of go, it kind of feeds back into that thought that metabolism is this the furnace that we need to keep burning. And so they're like, oh, well, you need to do this to make sure your metabolism is like humming as much as it should, or that it's like as high as it should be or whatever. Um, and I always say like your metabolism isn't necessarily slow it's just yours because if your metabolism. I love that. Low, yeah. Yeah. It's just yours. Cause there's so many things that go into our metabolic rates and the way that our bodies like use and like build that energy that like, like I said, I mentioned earlier, like your basal metabolic rate is affected by like your genetics and your biological sex and your health status and your age and all these things that are kind of going in that are not necessarily in your control. Right. And all of those things are st- also related to how we make energy. So it's not necessarily that you're Metabolism is slow, or if it's damaged, the only time it would be like legitimately damaged is if you had a diagnosed mitochondrial disease or like an inborn error of metabolism or something like that, which you would definitely know like if you or your child had that because yes. it's usually be diagnosed in infancy, like, right when they're born. Right. Um, and, and I know you, Taylor, have a lot more experience with those inborn errors in metabolism yeah. than I do. So, <laughs> but that's the only time I would say that it's like quote unquote damaged, right? Like, Based on what the internet is kind of saying, like it's not necessarily that it's like slow um you can like affect like the way that your metabolism, i guess like how much energy that you are using per day based on some of the things that you do, but like I said, it's not necessarily all in your control, but there are some things that can affect it, so like if you for example, exercise more and you build more muscle, it's kind of more relevant for adults, but if you build more muscle, then you're gonna affect your metabolic rate because muscle is a very metabolically active tissue and you're gonna have more fat-free mass in that muscle. Um, But with with that also like one of the things that could like slightly like affect your metabolism or lower it is if you don't eat enough mm-hmm. because if you don't eat enough like you're not going to be able to support all those processes so just making sure that we're like eating enough and if we're getting in some activity and like exercise and stuff like that and that goes with our kids too if we're just making sure that we're getting them enough food or like listening to their hunger cues and making sure that we're like getting that food for them, it's not necessarily that you're going to damage their metabolism <laughs> based on that. They still have a lot of growing to do, and there's going to be a lot of shifts in their, the way that their metabolism works as they get older. And so just supporting their, their bodies with an adequate amount of food and you know, letting them do some activity, I think is a great way to just support that. It's not necessarily probably something that we need to worry about that much.
0: Right. I totally agree with that. And so for all the listeners to hear from an expert in metabolism, I just want to verify there's no like secret sauce, no special like thing that we should be doing to support a healthy metabolism with our kids or ourselves. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. There's no, no lemon juice, no metabolism drops, (laughs) no like cold baths or something like that. Like those all can maybe affect very, very slightly like transient, like short-term kind of stuff, it's not going to affect your metabolism long-term. The best thing you can do is get some activity, maybe build some muscle, make sure you're eating enough, like based on what your your body needs is
0: yeah, the best ways to do that. And so for kids that translates to just play, minimizing mm-hmm. screen time, maximizing outdoor time so we can get them moving as much as, 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 able, as you're able and is safe. And then, you know, offering them lots of healthy foods. And if you're concerned about your child's intake, that's when you need to reach out to a provider if you feel like it's affecting their growth or you're worried that it might affect their growth because there could be something underlying that needs to be addressed there. Yeah, exactly. So um, I had a listener question and she asked... (laughs) how do my kids have so much energy all the time and I do not? And I thought that was a really funny and interesting question to throw in here for this metabolism discussion. So can you enlighten to all the exhausted parents in the world <laughs> why we're so tired and they are so energetic? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So there, there are some maybe more
1: life reasons for that. Um, yes, I 100% agree. <laughs> some really interesting like metabolism things that I, I have found kind of about this cuz i love this question i think it's i, I also think it's hilarious yeah uh, because it's so true right like you you see kids oh, yes. uh, like running around like for like 45 minutes straight like no break and you're just like oh like i cannot i like, could never imagine and like, mom and dad are in the background like <laughs> please go to sleep <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, I mean, my first kind of thing that I would want to say with this is, like, you know, kids are busy, like, they're so busy learning and, like, going about their world. Like, I feel like half of the reason, like, the energy that they're they're using is, like, let me just, like, explore and, like, do all the things and, like, play and have fun. And so, like, that might be, like, a pretty large part of it, too. Yeah. Um, for for sure. Um, but I do think that there is like some really interesting, like metabolism reasons for this too. So I, I'm going to get a little nerdy on you because I- Please do. We want to hear it. Yes. I thought this was so interesting because especially like, you know, I study metabolism in adults. Right. But like the difference in adults and children is like, it's not something that is like super, super well studied. Um, and I will like give that caveat. Like a lot of the research has been done in boys. (laughs) Um, Mm. it's like a very, it's usually very small populations, but there is some really interesting like research about the differences in the way that we use energy systems um, versus like kids and adults. So um, the way that our energy systems work kind of changes as we grow up. So um, I'm going to drop some terms on you real quick. So there's um, there is like oxidative metabolism and there's more glycolytic metabolism. So oxidative is like, that's using our mitochondria. Our mitochondria use oxidative metabolism. It uses oxygen. That's where that name comes from. Um, so it uses oxygen. It produces a lot of energy at once, but it's a little bit slower. Like it takes longer for us to do that okay. versus glycolytic systems. Um, which is named because of like an energy system called glycolysis. Um, And so that just breaks down glucose, which we get from carbs. And that, that energy system is very quick, but it produces very little energy. So if you think about how like adults, when you are exercising, for example, so you, you are going out and you're running like around a, a, a track or something like that, right? <laughs> Versus like a kid doing that. Yeah. So when you are doing it, like you're gonna yeah. like, you're running, you're probably gonna feel your muscles start to burn right? So that when you feel your muscles start to burn, that is actually a buildup of lactic acid, and that's coming from those glycolytic systems. So those really fast, but really energy, like not as efficient at making energy, but you're producing lactic acid. So that's what that burning is. Um, So kids actually use their oxidative systems more. So they're able to use their mitochondria, and while like it kind of like technically technically takes longer um they produce a lot of energy at once mm. versus those really fast glycolytic systems and I I found a couple of studies actually there was one that I found that was published in 2018 that actually like compared the metabolic profiles of like pu- pre-pubescent um males technically like I said it, a lot of this is done in males um versus well-trained adult endurance athletes <laughs> versus just like oh mm. Trained athletes. It was a very interesting study. Um, It was a very small population. So again, I'll give that caveat. Um, But they found that basically the boys um, were very comparable to the endurance athletes and their ability to use those like oxidative systems. So they they saw in this study like those oxidative systems, um, you're going to produce more energy than those glycolytic systems. And the boys also were able to remove that lactic acid better so that lactic acid buildup our muscles burning usually i know as as an adult who who exercises when my muscles are burning i'm probably going to stop (laughs) right like you know like that build up (laughs) of of at least slow down or something yeah at least (laughs) slow down right so like i'm probably gonna stop and when your muscles stop burning it's basically that that lactic acid has been cleared out of your muscles um and it it can be used to make energy it's not a waste product like it it is useful um but (laughs) that that we clear that out and it does maybe like take like you know, a little bit of time for us to do that. Um, But they found in this study also that kids were able to clear that lactate faster. So they're not, they're probably not feeling as much of that like muscle burn as we are as adults, because they're able to get it out faster, Um, which could be because like they, they have like faster oxygen uptake and the, their heart rate. And they, I mean, they're also like technically smaller. So maybe it can like clear faster because of the size of their bodies. Um, but they're like, that's part of it that goes into like why maybe they have so much energy as they're able to produce more of it. Um, and they also might have just like more mitochondria in general, um, just because they're younger. Um, and that can change like obviously as we grow up and then that's not necessarily a bad thing, but um, with this study, like looking at endurance athletes, endurance athletes who are very highly trained can use more of those oxidative systems, um, because they've trained basically their mitochondria to mm-hmm. be able to do that. Cause like spent time doing like a lot of aerobic activity. And so we, we can definitely become more oxidative if we train. Um, but kids kind of get the advantage of like being more oxidative in general. So they're, they're able to run around and do all of the things, um, because their <laughs> energy systems are just a little bit different than ours as adults.
0: So we have to train really hard to have high endurance and kids have <laughs> yeah. high endurance just because they exist. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. we all start out like that. We kind of change over time. We get a little bit more glycolytic, a little less oxidative. Because um, I know not many of us are very highly trained endurance athletes, right? So.
0: <laughs> so if we want to keep up with our kids, the message is we need to become an endurance athlete to equal their <laughs> energy production. <laughs> <laughs> One method. <laughs> That's very interesting. I really yeah. am fascinated by that. Can we? Can I just take a pause about how frustrating it is that all the research is done in boys? But hopefully yeah. now, we're seeing more research done in girls we're seeing equality of participant selection but yeah that is yeah, yeah. And part of that kind of goes
1: back also I mean like you have to think also about the effect of like the menstrual cycle and hmm. like hormonal influences too like our um, like the menstrual cycle does affect metabolism to an extent and so like I think most people study it in, in boys just because of that fact but there is an increase in people like studying the, the menstrual cycle and how that affects metabolism um, and so it's because more like common to be able to do that. So hopefully we'll see an increase in that research soon.
0: Yes. And I know there's another PhD candidate who we're connected with on Instagram. Her name is Alyssa Olenek and she studies the effect of menstrual cycle on physical activity. And so I'll link her profile here if you want to check out research on that. She talks a lot about it. Super cool. Yeah. Okay, so we had one more listener question and we kind of touched on this, but we'll, I'll ask it again so we can summarize what we chatted about. So somebody asked, why do babies eat more than my toddler? And why does my toddler eat more or less on different days? So can you tell us again about all of that? Yeah, of course. So, um,
1: like we mentioned earlier, so our growth rates are going to be massive in those first, that first year. Um, so your baby may be eating more than your toddler, just because they are going through like a time of this massive growth. So even though they're, they're smaller than your toddler, right. But they're still eating like a lot. And so for, for their size and their weight, they're going to be eating more just because they're going through such a time of like growth and development. Um, and so they may be doing that during the first year, but you may notice like, as they get a little bit older and into like the toddler years, they may be eating technically a little less, but you may notice it more on some days versus others. Um, And that can be, again, because our growth rates aren't necessarily linear. Um, We may go through little spurts. And so one day we may be more hungry than others. Um, Our activity levels. So our toddlers may, like I said, one one day may be running around doing a lot of stuff and then the next day not doing a lot. Um, So that more or less activity like could also equal like you know eating more on one day versus another and I, I wanted to mention too like that could be like they could be really active one day and then the next day they eat a lot that, that could be something also like mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't necessarily like they're active therefore like that day they need to eat a lot it could also just be like kind of recovering if they've maybe spent a day where they're like more active or they've been like outside playing and then the next day they eat a lot kind of replenishing their stores or like just because they have used a lot of energy the day before. So it doesn't have to be like the day of kind of thing. Totally. Yeah. Different days. Um, and then um, maybe also, and I think Taylor, we had at one point talked about this too. Like maybe it's also a combination of the fact that like they're getting used to like eating your, the food that you offer and maybe they didn't necessarily like the food that you gave them the day before. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe they didn't want to eat as much of it that day. They were maybe in like a different mood and they didn't want to eat whatever you offered. And so maybe right. the- more day, opinions as, as a toddler. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So so as we're like going through and like learning how to live life, maybe that's also like a combination of it. You know, you're you're going out and you're like, Well, you know, I don't really like like the texture of this food or I don't really like this is not one of my favorite foods and then the next day you offer a favorite food or like they're in a mood to try something new. That could be also either kind of eating on one day versus another.
0: Yes. Just being in a mood certainly affects a toddler's intake. And I also see like babies are really messy. So keep in mind, it might look like they're eating a lot, but a lot of the food could, you know, end up on the floor or in the bib or like given to the dog. Um, And so it could look like their plate is more empty, but um, maybe, maybe that's not the case. And we also see with toddlers, like they start to be more wiggly and maybe having a harder time sitting still at the table. And so that can also go into, that can also play into how much a toddler consumes, like how much they're able to sit still, are they comfortable in their chair, that sort of thing. So while there is metabolism that plays into this question, there's a lot more um, as well, medical, behavioral, etc. cetera. So, but we yeah. certainly can see babies eat more than toddlers in some households. It's <laughs> not yeah. uncommon. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, well, this was really interesting. I love how excited you get about metabolism and biochemistry stuff because I do too. Is there any other like super interesting facts about metabolism that we didn't get to talk about today that you want to tell our listeners?
1: Yeah, um, I would say like the last, I guess the wrap up thing as, as a metabolism scientist, um, kind of what I want you to kind of take away from this is that like our metabolism in our life is kind of pretty like coinciding like it's not just that like we we have this little furnace in our bodies and we have to feed it and like we need to be like the stewards of our metabolism right our metabolism and our life like go together right so like the energy that we need and the energy that we use is related to the things that we're doing and so in times in which we're doing more things or maybe we're stressed or like something like that that's going to affect how much we want to eat or how much we energy we burn that kind of thing and again it's not like we have to like constantly be monitoring our own metabolism we can support our metabolism by eating enough eating a variety of food getting some activity in and that goes for us and our kids so like with with our metabolism I think one thing that I always do and always say um, is kind of like appreciate your cell sac and how complicated metabolism is and how it takes care of it for you. So <laughs> I, I love metabolism, um, and I I truly appreciate how awesome our cells and our bodies are and how those kind of relate and how our bodies like go through living our lives. And while we may be amazing cell sacs, we are also humans, and so when we go about our life. And how our metabolism is kind of feeding into that and how like vice versa, it's something that we can support just by making sure that we're eating enough and and moving a little bit. So I love that. So appreciate all those
0: cute little cell sacks that live with us and listen to their needs. (laughs) We don't need to be constantly tracking and worrying about all these numbers and all the like intricate little details because it takes care of itself for most kids. While there are some kids that need a little bit of extra help here and there, so. Exactly. That was so interesting. I just could nerd, <laughs> out, nerd out about this with you all day. So <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you and real quick, also tell them about what your nutrition lab is and where they can access that because it's super cool.
1: Yes, absolutely. So, um, I'm mainly on Instagram. Um, I technically have a Facebook. I do not use Twitter, Just <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm mainly on Instagram at Got Um, and my nutrition lab is a platform that I've created to kind of, um, it was kind of like a combination of like an ebook and a course and like a, almost like a social media because that you can technically like interact with the other members, but it's a platform of which I've like made so that it can actually like educate both healthcare professionals um through the nutrition lab pro but also people who are just interested in learning more about the fundamentals of nutrition and metabolism and how we can implement those in our life and actually make like sustainable and like well-informed choices with what we're doing with nutrition Um, and actually i do have a metabolism 101 course that is going to be released in the nutrition lab soon Um, i've actually polled the the current members of the nutrition lab and we've um come come together and and decided on what we wanted to learn about together um so i'm going to have a metabolism 101 course and that's in addition to the nutrition 101 course i already have within the nutrition lab and a whole bunch of random like topic posts on like how to make good goals and how to implement those things so it's a little bit um, more relevant for you parents out there um but I actually am going to add a little bit more information about things like brown fat and metabolism and kids in there too so it's a, a great little platform um and it's super accessible, like price-wise. Um, it should be opening as soon as I get the metabolism one-on-one course done. I'll probably reopen it again. So, um, it'll be opening soon. Um, but you can always check my social media page, my Instagram profile for more on that.
0: Awesome. Well, for sure, follow Steph if you don't already. And if you were super into all the nerdy stuff that we talked about, then you belong in her nutrition lab. So check that yeah. out too. So <laughs> thanks for having me, thanks for coming on the show today. It was great chatting with you and thanks for listening to the Growing Intuitive Eaters podcast. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the content and want to hear more like it, please subscribe, leave a review and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram and YouTube at Growing Intuitive Eaters for more free courses and content related to healthy relationship with food, picky eating and all things nutrition for kids. Happy feeding!